perfect security plus i have also defined to that there is ch then cloud aws cloud practitioner aws solution architect aws security specialty aws machine learning azure 900 okay so these are the certification that i currently hold and i have all more than three plus years of an experience into this particular field of cyber security and cloud so let's move ahead. This is about the organization Infosec Train. It was established in 2016 and we provide our services in multiple domains from pen testing to the cloud, right? Uh, and cloud, we have multiple vendors like AWS, Azure, GCP. We provide our services into that particular part as well. Training as well as, you know, if you want to do the auditing or you want uh, bug bounty, those kind of thing as well, we perform that as well, right? And these are the endorsement and these are the different trusted clients we have in place. Okay, so this is the agenda for today. Today we are going to discuss about defensive security and its significance we are going to talk about. Then we are going to talk about defense in depth. Very important concept we have in place in today's world. Absolutely for sure each and every organization implement this defense in depth for sure then we have you know different type of threat we will discuss that as well then we will talk about the risk and type of risk and what is the risk assessment is called and effective managing strategies what we can go right right and then we are going to do what we are going to do a interactive q a session fine where I will be posting you some of the, I will be providing you five questions and be and those questions will be based completely upon this the things that we have learned today fine that's the thing we have in place okay at the end of that it could be kind of a revision purpose and most of the question the five questions that I will be providing you would be in MCQ based fine that's kind of thing so you will be getting a good practice for the concepts as well fine okay that's great perfect so let's get started right so introduction to the defensive security and its significance the first thing that has come is what is actually a security like if you want to jump into the defensive security if, if i just go back a uh, one slide back right and it's talk about defensive security i would just take a step back and think about okay before coming into the offensive security and defensive security the first thing that i'm truly curious about what is actually a security boss Right. Then only you have this multiple branches of security, you know, defensive security, offensive security and plenty other kinds of security you have. Right. But what is actually a security? Security means to protect something. We are when we talk about cyber security, we are protecting something. When we are going to talk about information security, we are protecting a kind of an information. Correct. So whenever you say security, it means we are protecting something. Okay, that's what actually a security is and how do you achieve a security? You have multiple methods for that. You have encryption, right? I will encrypt the information. Let's say for example, I have a hard disk fine and I want to secure that hard disk, right? Okay, and I want to make it much more secure so that no particular person in my particular office or my house or anyone can go and just, you know, attach that particular hard disk to his particular laptop and extract the content so what i do i in order to secure my pen drive or my hard disk i encrypt it right so there are multiple tools multiple ways multiple methodologies and multiple ways through which you can achieve security but security means 
encrypting your data, protecting your data, protecting your information, right? In whichever state it is. If like you are very familiar about the different stages of data we have in place, right? There are three stages of data. No matter in which state your data is, you're protecting the data. That is what a security is. Fine. Okay, perfect. Now let's talk about the significance of security. Why is security such an issue? Fine. Why there is a whole this uh, world of cyber security again security of cyber, right? So what is actually that's that is going to I'm going to really break it down for you what the cyber security is actually mean and information security, right? Why this is such a booming industry, right? And like why this is so important as well. So that's what we are going to discuss now. The significance, the importance of security, whether it's informative sec information security or cyber security, any kind of security that you have, right? What is the importance of that? That's what significance means the importance. Why this is so important, right? There can be plenty of reason we have in place. First of all is protection from a threat, fine. If you like, for example, one of the basic reason why what's the importance of security protection of a threat. Fine. If there's an hacker or some malicious person is there and I want to protect my data, I give you an example of a hard disk in place. Fine. Just give me a minute. Let me take a pen. Okay. Right. So if there is a hacker, right, there's a hacker and I want to protect my data from this particular hacker in place. So what I need, I need security and I, how I will achieve security through encryption through hacking through stenography those are the and plenty of countless plenty options you have if you want to achieve the security plenty of them right so what is one of the important significance of security is to protect from threats from particularly hackers threat means the hacker someone who can damage your particular infrastructure your asset that is called a threat Fine. Then is to protect the confidentiality. What did that means? Why? What's the significance of security? One another one is confidentiality. Importance of security to protect the confidentiality. What it means? Let's say, for example, this particular person is there, and these two people are communicating with each other. He's sending some sending some sort of a message. He's replying back, and he's again sending. And this kind of communication between two individuals or a group of people is going on. Fine. So what I need is that the information that I'm sending to my friend or my family member, I do not want any other third party or any other person, even the application by itself to see what I'm sending. Let's say, for example, WhatsApp. Okay. So if I'm sending you hello, any one of you fine, I'm saying, let's say, for example, Vivek, I'm sending a hello message to Vivek. I only want to Vivek to see that what I have sent it. I does not want any other participant, any other person to see what the information is. That is confidentiality. Only authorized people should have access to the information. No one outside of should not have it, right? That's called confidential people. Vivek is authorized, I'm authorized, and I'm sending my correct information to Vivek, and I and Vivek is replying back to me, and I'm re again replying to him, and this kind of conversation is going on. But other than Vivek and me, no one else outside of this particular two people could not access it. It's confidentiality and how you will. So that's also achieved, right? By security. Okay. Then we have integrity, right? So that no unauthorized modification could be done into the data, right? 
then we have availability so those kind of things we achieve the importance of security is we get confidentiality from security we get integrity from security we get availability our data is not hacked by the hackers even if let's say for example this particular system is from which i'm taking the session it is secure why okay because i have encrypted that is a there is a very important tool we have in place in the windows which is called by the name of bitlocker okay i have used a bitlocker and encrypted my system with it even if the hacker someone gets an access to my particular system in place or my hard disk ssd he's never going to extract what the information files folders personal files in a folder or my um, multiple the files that i have in place he will never able to extract that kind of thing in place fine that's what we have in place the significance of security fine okay then let's talk about information security two terms we are going to definitely for sure are uh, you are going to see face in the field of cyber security information security and another one in place which is called cyber security so when it comes to the information security information security means security means to protect to secure right and information security means any kind of information any kind of information that you have in place you are securing that information okay that could the information the information can be in any sort of state right it could be in digital format fine it could be in physical format like papers like most of the time if you have seen that we have a4 size paper right and in that all things are written that are also considered important if you have your property papers that are written in the a4 size paper right or, or any kind of a judgment passed by the court honorable courts right by the district court supreme court or the high court definitely for sure they are printed in mostly in like in like a paper that's called a physical evidence you have in place so in information security we talk about protecting data in any state whether in a physical whether it's written on a paper right that is also we have to protect whether the data is you know present in your hard disk that is also i have to protect if the data is present in the server that is also i have to protect so data present in any state i am going to protect it for sure that we talk about information security fine in information security we protect the data of all kinds fine the physical data the digital data the data that has been transferred from one computer to another one the data that is present in the hard disk data present in the servers every piece of information right we are going to protect that thing okay that is called the information security protecting any kind of a data in place then comes the cyber security right cyber security means that in this we only talk about protecting the digital data fine we do not talk about all the data in cyber security you only talk about the digital data that you have in place fine that's thing that's a major difference between information security and cyber security in information security you protect every piece of data every kind of a data that you have in place the paid data that is written on a piece of a blank piece of a paper that you have to also protect from a hacker from unauthorized person you have to secure it make sure that no unauthorized person no unauthorized employee should have an access to it that kind of thing but in cyber security you only focus upon the digital data 
that's it so from now onwards anytime you see about cyber security you should be absolutely aware about that in cyber security we only talk about the digital data in place right if there is a digital data it is comes under the cyber security okay and information security is a umbrella term it's a big umbrella huge umbrella term of information security this is and one of the component of the information security is cyber security okay so cyber security comes under the information security fine that's we have in place okay now let's talk about securing information through defense in depth so what is actually a defense in depth right this is the kind of thing we have in place in certain organizations we practice it a lot fine when i have by myself go to multiple organizations i see and i if i personally recommend this kind of thing defense in depth to multiple vendors right multiple organizations that you should practice this approach so what is or i would say practice this strategy defense in depth it's very very important okay so what is actually a defense in depth okay so what i say is that you have multiple layers you have a data and you are protecting it from the threat or the hackers in place fine okay so if there is a data this is the this red dot you can see is a very crucial data right very very crucial data fine and it you have to protect this data at any cost it's a very sensitive data that it should not be leaked to the public fine and at any case should not be uh, captured or stolen by some hackers in place so i need to protect this data so i will create multiple layers around it find multiple layers around this particular data to protect this one right in short in summary this is what defense in depth means if i just write once again just give me a minute this is the layer 3 and it can go on and on and on right definitely for sure it will be pretty expensive as you start creating multiple layers for sure it would be pretty expensive for sure but these green circles that you're seeing that these are the different layers we have in place around this which is the data that you have in place this is the data this red dot that you seeing is the data and we have to protect it at any cost that is what we talk about defense in depth fine okay so what it means let's say for example if i just give you another example of it let's say for example there is firewall we have in place right this is firewall in multiple organization i have seen that nowadays they use two firewalls in place this is f1 firewall one in place hackers come inside it and hackers want to hack inside it or hacker wants to go inside the network it filters the packet okay so that's the thing we have in place so i have a this hacker is there and he has some kind of a malicious so so that's the firewall we have in place now the interesting thing we have is if this is a firewall and this is a particular person with some malicious packet he is sending to your particular target the filled firewall is going to filter it out there are multiple rules you can set up inside the firewall like what are the rules like you know uh, 
headers you can set it up ip address source ip address destination ip address and plenty of things you can set it up right there so this is the firewall and this is the traffic that is going to come this is malicious the firewall sees it and drops it out okay so that's worked the firewall really worked in this particular scenario but let's say for example hypothetically what is going to happen is that hackers nowadays are becoming smart as well they are able to bypass this firewall i do not want this scenario in my organization trust me you cannot rely on single instrument to protect your piece of data i cannot keep my sensitive data just you know on the hand of one single firewall fine so what i will do i will deploy multiple firewalls okay this could be firewall one this could be firewall two okay and in some very rare but some organization i have seen that they have deployed firewall three so and they are absolutely configured in different rules different rules are set in each and every firewall okay so if even if the attacker somehow is able to bypass this firewall he will be restricted and scrutinized the traffic will be scrutinized in this layer this firewall if he somehow is able to bypass this then scrutinized at this level right so this layer like this only in defense and depth we create multiple layers so if someone wants to physically wants to enter the organization or a traffic through a network wants to enter the server he has to pass through multiple checks multiple you know uh, firewalls you can say okay multiple these tools instruments okay filtration process in place that's called defense in depth you have multiple layers in place that is called defense in depth when you create multiple layers this is the data you create layer 1 layer 2 layer 3 layer 4 layer 5 right you have multiple layers in layer okay that's the thing we have in place so this is called defense in depth if this layer fails no problem this is still indexed it will still protected if this fail this is there if this fail another layer is there right so my whole objective is that to protect the data fine but remember if you have multiple layers in place it will be pretty expensive to manage that thing that architecture okay so you have to keep that thing in mind as well when establishing defense in depth in your respective organization that there are limitations it doesn't mean that in your organization you are going to set up multiple firewalls okay or multiple security parameters again it is going to be for sure expensive for your organization to configure as well as to troubleshoot and maintain if there is something problem arrive into it then you have to need to have a very dedicated team to handle that kind of an issue in place okay so it would be a very costly approach right as the layer increases the complexity for you increases as well it your security increases a lot but the complexity increases as well and it becomes much more difficult for you as an individual or for or a team to handle that kind of a stuff in place okay that's called defense in depth now let's exploring let's talk about exploring various type of cyber threats we have in place okay so before going into that particular part i want to just focus you guys into something which is called by the name of threat threat means any particular thing okay 
right a person or a computer program or anything that can degrade the value of your asset asset means anything that holds any kind of a value in your respective organization right your servers your software engineers your people that are working there all are your asset right so anything that degrades the value of your asset is called the threat okay so let's say for example if there is a software program and that software program it's installed in your server an actual cost of your server was 10 lakh indian rupees fine and now what really happens is that it is degraded okay due to that particular installation of the software or the uh, there is a, a hacking attempt something happens right an attack happens a cyber attack happens to your particular server and from 10 lakh rupees it degrades to five to six lakh because multiple components are fried they are not working properly they are malfunctioning so now the value of that particular server has degraded from 10 lakh rupees to five lakh rupees or even below that that is called threat anything that degrades the value of your asset so if you want to find out the threat you first of all need to find out what's the asset you have in your organization okay what are the assets the people right in your working your organization in different departments they are the assets that laptop the computers you have in place the firewalls and all the components are your asset and anything that degrades the value or diminishes the value of your particular asset that is called the threat so let's talk about different kind of threats that you can face in the field of cyber security fine Okay, so first is social engineering. Social engineering is a type of attack, guys. We in, in this, it's kind of a threat in cybersecurity. And what the social engineering means is that it is manipulating a person. Okay, so just if I just tell you, have you guys, any one of you, have ever received a message in a WhatsApp or Telegram group or or like like you know um, SMS anywhere that click on to this particular link you will be or you have won a lottery right and 5 lakh 10 lakh 50,000 or this much millions of dollars you have earned in a lottery right and it was organized by the whatsapp and you are lucky customer and you you know this 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 uh, contact to this particular person and you will be getting your reward back right have you anyone ever got those kind of a messages that said that you have or ma'am that you have won a lottery Correct. That is a perfect exam example of social engineering. In social engineering, what we have is that, right? In social engineering, we manipulate that particular person. Fine. And we make and you we manipulate the particular person in a such a way that he will be doing all those things which I want him to do. Let's say, for example, if I just give you one of my real life example as well. I would say they take they have multiple principles. They have multiple ways they, through which they manipulate the people. One is the weaknesses, right? Uh, another one is called urgency. There could be authority as well. If I just give you an example, one of my friend got a call from a police station, right? Like the part of the India that where I am right now, we have very strict laws against. Okay, so let's say for example, in part of the India that I am right now, they have very strict regulations towards overspeeding. And one of my friend recently, he got a call that you know, 
I'm to, I'm this police officer and I'm talking from this police stations and there is an FIR against you that you were over speeding. Okay. And now you have two options left. Either I come or visit your house, arrest you publicly right in front of your neighbors, all family members, right? And it would be very humiliating for you. Or what you can do is that I'm say giving you a number, right? Right now, send me 5,000, 50,000 rupees right and because he does not want to face that shave urgently he send it without a second thought that this could be absolutely a scam right and it was he sent the money and definitely for sure he was you know then he came to know after a few times that this was completely a scam right that particular person who was talking was pretending impersonating to be someone else like a police officer he was actually not that that's what we have in place that's our one of the attack in social engineering where someone pretends to be someone else that you can receive a call from your bank right the personal person who is behind the uh, call he could be pretending that he is talking from your respective bank where you have your bank account you have savings right and then it will be talking about that you know if your account is going to be seized within this this, this minutes right and those are the things we have in place if you do not act swiftly the account would be seized and you are going to be put uh, you know uh, sorry uh, then definitely for sure your account will be seized and all of your saving your hard-earned money would be gone so that's we have in place fine and people really falls into this kind of strap in place fine so that comes under the social engineering in social engineering impersonation is one thing then there is dumpster diving that comes under then the tailgating right multiple attacks we have under social engineering that is something which is called shoulder surfing if i just give you an example of a shoulder surfing that are subcategories of social engineering okay social engineering by itself is i would say it will take it's a huge topic in itself fine okay so if i just give you an, one of the example one of the attack that comes under social engineering which is called by the name of shoulder surfing social engineering comes under shoulder surfing then shoulder surfing what really happens is that if we have visited a team right an atm we withdraw the card you are just you know swiping your particular card and entering the pin i am standing just behind you and i'm seeing what is the particular pin that you are typing or if you let's say for example if you are making a transaction through the upi and you enter that four digit code that you have in place i'm just standing behind you and through your shoulder i'm just peeping what you're actually typing in their particular mobile phone in place right that is what's called shoulder surfing fine that also comes to the social engineering part okay so that's all so that's also one of the threat we have in place then comes the virus very famous one right when i was not not you know aware about these technical terms about virus but actually what the virus means but the only thing i was concerned about was you know i i never heard about any kind of thing this like today i'm in cyber security okay and i hear a word like worms okay there are trojans right there are root kits there are ransomwares every day there are nine kind of ransomware is being uh, you know attacking some organization right that kind of things but when i was a kid i have absolutely no idea about these different threads that are present the ransomware the crypto malware and malwares right uh, 
and what are wants and all these kind of things. I was only concerned. I was the only thing that I knew was dangerous to my computer was the virus. We I used to use it a lot, right? The virus, and I think most of the people do because they do truly not understand what a virus is, what's its limitation in the boundary is, what its unique property it shows, and what makes it different from other threats. Okay, so let's talk about a virus a bit. The more major characteristic property of a virus, guys, is that virus is cannot it's kind of a malicious program right it's a malware it's a kind of a malicious program it's a program which uh, it's a program in such a way it is going to harm your particular system in place it's going either going to modify your file delete your file or corrupt it out okay but what is the characteristic property of the virus in place that can right okay yeah man correct okay so in virus what really happens is that virus cannot be transmitted from one system to another one that is the basic characteristic of the virus let's say for example i visited a particular torrent website okay and i want i am very fond of playing video games okay so let's say for example there is a game which is by the name of god of war ragnarok i am i'm absolutely fan of that particular game so i just download i want to download it in free of cost right i just go to a torrent torrent website and i download that particular game in place and now what really happens is that the that game gets downloaded but side by side a virus also gets downloaded now i am in big trouble okay so my system my laptop is being infected by a virus okay but the interesting thing about the virus the property the unique property which is exactly shown by a virus is that virus cannot spread from my system to any other system without human interaction if i just give you an example of it okay so now my system has been compromised right i have downloaded a game from a torrent website or from a malicious website now my system has been compromised and a virus is just you know uh is there in my system in place i next day go to the my particular office and place and there i have a wifi fine i attach to my office wifi and through that particular wifi multiple systems are already present there if this is my particular wifi of my organization right this is one system which is already present there there is an another one fine and then i arrive at my office and connect okay to the same wifi so the wifi the virus is not going to go from my particular system in place to this particular wifi and order router and then going to spread to all these files that is not the characteristic property of the virus okay virus do not spread from one system to another system okay without human interaction okay so how the virus really spread let's say for example my system is compromised i take a pen drive and my uh, my friend says that amit you know what that particular game was uh, you know you're playing next day was fantastic boss can you share with me i'm good yeah absolutely so i take up my hard disk my pen drive my external device i attach it my uh, to my particular infected laptop and copy it there and then share it with my friend and when that i am sharing it that is how i am sharing the virus as well okay so you can see that virus is infecting it has been transmitted from one system to another system in place 
through human interaction without any human interaction it will never able to go from one system compromise system to another system in place fine that's a very unique property we have in place for the virus it cannot be transmitted from one system to another one without human interaction fine so virus this is an example of a virus right so it you, without human interaction it cannot be spread from one system in place to an another one fine okay correct now there is another thing we have in place which is called by the name of worm fine okay now absolutely mohan virus i would say not mohan i would like to you know just change your particular definition a little bit i would say malware with self propagation capabilities okay so viruses so worm is some kind of a malware right malware means malicious software which is can self propagate it can without human interaction it can spread from one particular pc to another pc in place fine that's what we have in place the unique property of a worm is self replication if you just give me another example of it let's say for example i was telling you about that my system get compromised right uh, i downloaded a game or something like that okay and my system is now been compromised this is the worm sorry this is the uh, like the internal network we have in place this is the router right and many of the systems in my organizations are connected to it fine many of the systems are connected to it now the interesting thing happens here is, is in this particular scenario that these systems are connected to this particular ransomware sorry this particular router is that they can easily communicate and no problem with that now i arrive next day and this particular circle that you're seeing the red is infected with the virus right okay and now what is going to happen is that now the moment i attach it to the public uh, or to my organization wifi the virus or the worm particularly right it's going to go to this particular router in place and then it's going to automatically right without sharing any file or a folder automatically that is going to spread to my complete organization and now my all of the system all of the things in my organization is or i would say all the systems all the pcs all the mobile phones which are connected to this particular router in place they are going to go okay nilesh is saying worms can perform various attacks including the dos attack i would say nilesh your when there is any kind of an attack happens virus or right or attack of a virus or a worm or any kind of an attack your systems converts into something which is called the bot okay now your system acts like a bot if let's say for example if my this particular system gets compromised either through worm or a virus or a trojan anything like that it gets converted into something which is very interesting which is called by the name of bot right bot means like it is compromised pc is called a boss and now through that particular bot i will be performing dos ddos and multiple the kinds of dos we have in place okay that's right absolutely with dos required bot okay right fine that's what we have in place so even if no matter virus like like the worm even the virus any kind of a malware that infects your systems 
it converts it into something which is called by the name of bot. Okay, there are multiple mediums through which your particular system can be converted into a bot. It could be through virus. There goes a virus attack. There is a ransomware attack. There is a malware attack. There could be any kind of an attack. But the end goal is that to make your particular system a bot. In that particular case, what is going to happen is that if I make your system, all of your systems a bot, you will be having the physical access, right? But other than that, all the control of the file, the your cameras, your recording, the application, the, your opening, all these things, I will be handling it out. I can delete your file even you, are, even if you are the actual owner of that. That's what the bot is all about. So next time, you can have an infection through virus. You can have infection through worm, a trojan, or a malware, or ransomware, or crypto malware. All these kind of things, right? Okay, that's what we have in place. Perfect. That's called the worm. The characteristic a property of a worm is that it is self-replicating. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Now let's talk about the ransomware. Right, and to be very frank with uh, you, the ransomware is the most dangerous kind of malware you guys would ever see. Ransomware, okay, okay. So, what is actually about a ransomware we have in place? So, ransomware, it's actually again, it is a piece of a software we have in place. I would say, even a it is a kind of a malware that we have in place, right? A ransomware, but the thing with the ransomware, guys, is that ransomware is. It will what it will do. Let's say for example, hypothetically, this is my system in place from which I'm taking the session. It will attack my system and it will decrypt, encrypt all of the information that I have in my system in place. My files, folders, images, every kind of a piece of a data, it will encrypt it absolutely without any doubt, right? And then it will say, and so that next year when I open my system in place, I will be getting a warning that the system has been compromised. If you want to uh, get an access back, guess this, this is uh, go to this particular, you know, uh, or send us this much amount of a cryptocurrency in Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, pay us this much of an amount within this particular duration. Otherwise, you will never able to get your access to your particular data in back. Okay. Perfect. So what I do is that I just completely ignore the message and I go to my my computers or any kind of file or folder and open it up. I cannot open it. Okay, because it has been encrypted and now the hackers has the key. Okay, so that's so now I have two scenarios right now. My system is being compromised. There is a ransomware attack. The unique property of a virus is that it does not spread without human interaction. But the unique property of a worm is it's without human interaction. It spread. Okay, again, and the unique property of a ransomware is that the ransomware encrypts your piece of data and then you have to pay the hacker in particular in the cryptocurrency so that they will be providing you the private key and using that particular private key, you will be able to decrypt your particular hard disk and get the data back. Okay, that's a gamble. Absolutely gamble. It's not sure a guarantee. It's a completely a gamble that you pay a ransomware to a mail. Uh, to a hacker right or group of hackers and they are going to provide you some sort of a key that's a completely a gamble there has been cases where millions of dollars have been paid to the particular hackers right or a group of hackers by government as well right because the data that was encrypted was so crucial that they cannot afford it to lose so they paid the hackers in millions but still they 
do not get the keys and because the transaction is done by the cryptocurrency and it's next to impossible to track down the cryptocurrency the transaction that you have in place so that's it that's why the hackers use cryptocurrency so much they always emphasize that you do the transaction in the crypto they will not accept your checks they will not accept your you know cash money nothing no bank transaction they only rely upon your you know uh, you pay in crypto there is a thing which is called by the name of ransomware protection and i really love that particular feature in place okay so what it does is that 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 particular window defender you go to there and you, after the session go to the particular setting in place right and in the windows part uh you they have the ransomware protection you scroll down you have the ransomware protection and you enable it out okay so what the ransomware protection does is that the moment you enable it it will say select the files in a folder that you want to protect in my particular case i have selected all the files in a folder c drive e drive f drive all the drives i have selected right all the files in a folders so what it does is that you have selected a particular file in place so what it does is that in ransomware protection let's say for example it is a kind of a so let's say for example this is a ransomware protection okay it's a place inside your particular system where it will not allow any kind of a modification the modification whether it's a good modification or whether it's a bad modification it does not care your windows defender is going to block or restrict any kind of a modification in place let's say for example this is ransomware protection that particular we have in place you have enabled it now you have put your windows c drive into it right now if there is a program which is a legitimate program you have installed by yourself you are conscious about it right you have purchased it from a legitimate vendor that particular went uh, you know uh software wants to do some sort of a modification it wants to create multiple copies right it needs that to in order to work properly it's a legitimate software still the ransomware protection would absolutely on its face put deny it from doing it okay that's what we have in place so ransomware protection is a such a good thing that what it does is that it do not allow any kind of a modification done to a file if you have selected a particular file inside the ransomware protection okay so if i put a file inside this ransomware protection this particular safe place it will deny any kind of a modification to any file which is kept inside ransomware protection or which has been selected inside the ransomware protection so i have selected the drives c drive e drive f drive okay so any kind of a modification it does it will straight away even though it's legitimate so i have to uh, disable it first amit that's the only thing i have to do okay so whenever i am installing legitimate software and it and it's uh, wants to make some copies right so i have to disable it for a moment it's got installed and within after that whether when it's installed okay when the installation is complete and it's working perfectly then what i do is that i just again enable it out right so it's if there is a ransomware attack one day the ransomware would not be able to make any kind of changes to my any of the drive and it's free of course you does not need to pay a single penny for that but it's kind of a feature after the session if you have windows 10 or 11 it's only present there windows defender go there scroll down and you will see windows defend uh, you know ransomware protection enable it and you are good to go fine some in some softwares it will create a problems okay so be very about it
okay because some are some softwares i have seen that they constantly need to modify themselves they're constantly generating the data uh harlan i'm not aware about the mac to very frank i'm a windows guy boss okay yeah now let's talk about another kind of a threat we have in place which is called by the name of spyware we have in place right spyware so what is a spyware spyware is also again a kind of a malware we have in place so what is a spyware does is spy upon you let's say for example anywhere like all of us right nowadays have these uh, laptops mobile phone as well right we are so concerned when we go for a mobile phone whether you are an android guy or whether you are a linux one right or whether you are interested in the kind of you know iPhones, right? Whichever you are, wherever we go for purchasing any mobile or a laptop, we, we are so curious about specifications, right? We what is the you know hard disk? How much of this hard disk read and write speed is, or the SSD is, right? Uh, and what is the uh, version of the or generation of the RAM? Like nowadays there is DDR5, and what kind of speed it is providing? All this kind of thing we have in place. Fine. Okay. Perfect. And we are so focused upon about the camera, you know, the pixel it has and all these things we are so concerned about it. But the interesting thing guys we have in place is that we do not think that those cameras, those 64 megapixel camera of your mobile phone or of your system in place, it can be used against you only. It can your systems can be compromised and then your 64 megapixel camera would be live streaming your you know live to a hacker and he can let's say for example if you're if someone is changing a cloth or you know anything right the camera is recording you are not even aware about it even if you are the actual owner and it's live streaming it back to the hacker and now the hacker have your particular recording in place it will be sending you back right that particular a piece of a recording a copy of it and then it will be asking you for some sort of a ransom that if you want to delete or stop me from releasing it online pay me a p up up kind of you know um a ransomware a ransom and I'm going to delete it. Okay, that's kind of thing. So spyware is kind of a malware that spy upon you. Okay, like what kind of activities you are doing? Not it focuses upon camera. It focuses upon what you are typing, in which particular website you're going. Okay, so let's say for example, if I hack into your particular system in place, right, and I install a spyware, I can absolutely get an idea that at 9 a.m. that this particular person. Okay, that this particular recording, oh, sorry, that this particular, uh, you know, thing would be like whatever, like like 9 a.m. you visited Google, okay, and you log into your Gmail, you entered your particular username, you entered your password. I get that kind of information as well. What kind of keystroke you make, what kind of username and a password that you have entered there. Fine, that is also you can do with the spyware right i install spyware in your system i can see what you're typing i can see i can get information that which pages you are going to right which links you're clicking uh which files or folder you have in place i can open your camera i can disable your antivirus all kind of thing i can do using spyware Okay, so now let's unpacking the different cyber threat actors we have in place. So let's talk about the different 
threat actors so this is the different kind of threat actors means okay let's let, just uh, go a little step back this thing threat actor threat actor means the hackers in a very same and layman language threat actor means a hacker so let we are going to discuss about different kind of threat actors we have in place okay yeah man, absolutely right so yeah so we have white multiple kinds of hackers first of all let's discuss these three white black gray hat hackers okay so white hat hackers are those individuals who they are also called white hat hackers are called the ethical people right this one with the white hat hackers this, these white hat hackers are the ethical people they have the ethics man they have they you know they have some ethics in place okay and they are good people right they will find out a problem in your particular network and they are going to report it to you or your respective organization that Amit that we have find out a vulnerability a problem in the application in the website of infosec train resolve it as soon as possible that's called the white hat hacker a person or a hacker with an ethics right and he works upon the ethics right that's he is a good hacker he helps us to find out a problem a loophole and definitely for sure after finding out the loopholes what i'm going to do is that i am going to resolve it as soon as possible okay that's the thing that's called a white hat hacker and they're good people and there is a huge demand let's say for example right like i my myself perform auditing and penetration testing as well but the bug bounty would be also considered under the uh, white attackers right because they are individual with good intention in place at the end of the day all of the people are you know finding out the vulnerabilities even the bad hackers are also finding out the vulnerabilities but the difference arise at the what's the intention behind it if a good hacker find out a vulnerability he's going to report to the respective organization if i find out a vulnerability in google i'm going to report it to their google that you know what google that there's a vulnerability that i have recently found in your particular application or of your latest version of android look after it and definitely for sure the i would be paid some sort of an amount for that as well that's called particularly the bug bounty right okay so that's what happens in the white attacker white attacker individuals with an ethic he founds a problem he tells it to the particular individual or the organization and help them as well to resolve it okay that's the thing then comes the black hat hackers black hat hackers as the name by itself tells they are unethical people people right they are malicious people they do not have any sort of an ethics they find out vulnerability in your particular system in place they are for sure they are for sure going to eat you up i would say even they will they will just completely steal your data encrypt your information like all the hacks that you see in today's world there like there was a ransomware attack there was a malware attack right that all the attacks where people faces loss of uh, you know properties damages right their systems fails 
that happens due to black hat hackers they are hackers with some malicious intent either they either they want to you know just show their power their might they want to take a revenge but at the end of the day is being performed by a black hat hacker they are the bad individuals they have absolutely whether it's a white hat hacker black hat hacker or a gray hat hacker those individuals all of them has a very good understanding of the network of how the system works how the applications work what are the vulnerabilities what is cve cvss they have absolutely good idea but they use this information for doing something back right malicious things stealing the data uh, disrupting the network disrupting the architecture okay those kind of thing in place then comes a very interesting thing okay yeah i mean see in today's world every organization i'm seeing that they are uh, facing some sort of an attack going on right okay so that's today's uh, reality and that's why cyber security is going to be such a booming industry in the coming days right i would say it's just the start like you can think from a perspective okay fine perfect okay so yeah so let's come back to the gray hat hacker in place so in gray hat hacker what we have in place is that gray hat hacker comes between black hat hacker and white hat hacker let's say for example i works in infosec trade i am a security guy i just uh, do the auditing part take the seminars uh do the webinars as well right take the sessions and do the pen testing as well right okay so before joining this particular session there is a system that i have already you know left for it is going uh you know performing the pen testing testing using some tools right and it's going to take at least six to seven hours for that particular pen testing to be done perform fine okay so now what really happens is that so i am finding out a vulnerability in the application that i have in this okay fine Okay, so let's say for example, so with using some sort of a email address, you have registered for this particular session, right? For the infosec train, and that only you will be getting it up. Simple as that. Okay. Perfect. Okay, so the black hat hacker. Sorry, the grey hat hacker. The grey hat hacker sits in between white hat hacker and a black hat hacker. like white hat hackers what he does is that he find out a vulnerability okay and then what he does is that he reported back black hat hackers find out a vulnerability he exploited try to steal the information and that's called the black hat hacker what gray hat hacker what he does is that gray hat hackers it is he's an opportunistic guy based upon the scenario he performs his job that's called the gray hat hacker fine that is called the gray hat hacker let's say for example i am working in an infosec train i am a white hat hacker i am a hacker who is going to find out the vulnerability and then i am going to report it to the individual or the organization administration that this is a particular thing that is a vulnerability is been present in your particular system in place okay perfect now comes the black hat hacker right and what i can do is that i found out a vulnerability okay and now i want to take a revenge from my organization fine in the day in the noon time in the in the morning when i'm in the office i am what i'm doing is that i am acting as a white hat hacker okay but i get to know that there is a vulnerability in my infosec train and i want i'm not happy with the organizations i'm not happy with the politics of the uh, what is going on in the office and all this kind of stuff what i do is that i want to take a revenge 
fine i take the word that particular vulnerability at the night when i'm out or uh, when my shift is over what i'm going to do is that i'm going to sit exploit the vulnerability right and then steal the data right so gray hat hacker is an opportunistic person we have in place so he can at some time pretend as a white hat hacker and at some time he will be like a malicious person okay so you can never figure it out it's very difficult to catch a gray hat hacker right he could be an insider person inside an organization who knows all the details about your organization the network the operating system you're using the flaws everything so he's helping you in patching it up but the night exploiting those vulnerabilities or selling it to the third party or so selling it to the dark web all this kind of things in place right fine okay so now what we have in place is a suicidal hacker so suicidal hacker is that particular person is that he's he's like a suicidal bomber like a suicidal bomber is he he knows that he's wearing a you know a jacket with bomb attached to it right and definitely for sure right he's going to explode himself and due to that many people going to left lose their life as well he's also going to die in that particular scenario that's what the suicidal bomber is right so now same with suicidal hacker suicidal hacker knows the consequences he knows that if he try to perform a hack over a government organization website or the defense military website there are consequences that the suicidal hacker is going to face okay what are those like he could be tracked his ip address his mac address those his uh, you know can be tracked and he can be sent behind the bars right that he was trying to hack into some uh, system or mobile phone of a big politician right or someone else right so that's the person but still he takes the risk right even if he knows that the the hack he's going to perform is going to be dangerous the unethical hack right because he has not taken the permission boss he's not taken a permission from any legitimate these defense organization or the army navy or any kind of thing he is not taking a permission unethical hacking attempt he is making in order to steal the data or to install a virus in the system or their phones fine okay that's what we have in place so but still he performs those kind of attack that's called suicidal hacker a hacker who knows he is doing something wrong he knows the consequences but still he goes and move forward and perform or try to perform some kind of an attack in place that's called the suicidal hacker okay now let's talk about a very interesting thing which is called apt it stands for advanced persistent threat apt okay so what is actually an apt is apt is like a particular person fine okay so now let's talk about apt advanced persistent threat so in advanced persistent threat what we have in place is that yeah gautam if you have any questions you can just post it up okay so apt what it does is that these are the so sophisticated hackers right what they do is that they sit over your network they first of all a stand for advanced it means that they use complicated tool to hide themselves okay a stand for advanced so advanced what, what actually advanced means advanced means advanced tool to hide themselves p means 
persistence persistence means for a longer duration of time the hacker is not there for a day or two the hacker is there for a month for six months for a year or more than that okay and t stands for the threat threat means definitely for sure he is compromising your organization stealing your data right that's what he's achieving right that's t is there for threat apt advanced persistent threat. so it's a very interesting they use some very sophisticated tools to hide themselves okay yeah absolutely right they are i would say they are like spy like in india we have the raw right and um, in us we have that uh, yeah the cia they have in place right uh, they in us they have the cia in india we have the raw and different organization across the globe has different you know spy agencies so you can say that if uh, indians raw want to spy on some different organization or different country or enemy country in place right okay so they will be like acting like an apt let's say for example there is a spy right in india and he gets a lead that there is some uh, foreign country is there and he's trying to uh, planning a some kind of an attack over india right so he will be like acting like an apt what he will going to do yeah absolutely pegasus virus right gotam that could also be said as an apt so what he will do he will be using complex softwares he will be going inside this uh, you know the network of those government agencies of the foreign country where he be where he thinks that they can attack us he will be hiding there in their network for a longer duration of time he can see what kind of messages are being sent he will scan through them he will collect that thing okay and he will be sitting there for a longer duration of time okay and he is a threat because definitely at the end of the day he is stealing information right because even that that kind of stealing he is doing he is definitely for sure would be beneficial for our country right that's the thing okay so that's called apt advanced persistent threat and to be very frank this is not easy to catch this apt part fine so let's say for example the best example if i tell you there is a uh, organization which is called by the name of solar wind okay that's an organization we have in place and that organization client the organization is so big his client was us federal government or like we have the in india we have the central government so they in us they called it the federal government so they have the federal government is the client of solar wind as well as the microsoft this such a big organization is also a kind of client of that particular organization solar wind okay perfect now the thing arrive is that solar wind gets compromised and the attacker are sitting over their network for a duration of i think a 9 or 10 month they were sitting it means that all these clients whatever communication they are doing what are the files they are sharing all are being scanned and captured and you know like they are seen by the hackers sitting over this network then there was some third party okay i just forgot the name of that organization so there was some third party they looked and they told to the solar wind higher authorities senior executives that it's something you know boss something looks malicious in your particular traffic look through it we suspect that there is something growing wrong in your particular networks in your servers right it looks suspicious they do some thorough investigation the auditing and they get to know that there was an hacker sitting over their network for at least an i 8 to 9 months that it was a very drastic thing for them right so it could be present as well it's very difficult to catch trust me even your normal antivirus could fail to catch an apt they use very very sophisticated tools right 
and most of the time they are backed by the governments right that's why the, because this advanced this a this advanced tool needs some really good r and d research and development and that can only be established when you have a huge funding and the one of the biggest funding is being provided by the government so when one government want to spy on another government the best thing is the apt now let's talk about the hacktivist we have in place fine okay hacktivist is that group of an activist okay so first of all guys have you remember uh, can you uh, you know recall the particular image that you see this mask this is the mask of the anonymous okay right and anonymous is a hacktivist so uh, if you uh, like uh, you guys are aware about activist right uh, you can see that it they are group of a malicious user right it completely depends upon on which side you are okay so that's uh, kind of thing we have in place okay so uh, activist first of all you need to understand the activist in place okay okay right so now what really happens is that the activist they have their own agenda their political agenda the social agenda they have in place right they write books they write poems they write articles they raise concerns toward the government in whichever the part of the country they are in whether it's state government central government whatever uh, whatever it is right it's good perfect fine okay but the hacktivist take that particular activism to the next level okay so what are the hacktivists are these are the hackers with some ideological differences they have some ideal political ideology right they have some social changes like they have the activism but they perform it through a hack let's say for example there are a group of a hacker and they want to perform some kind of a changes they want the government whichever the part of the government you are we are talking about any kind of government across the world they want the government to listen to them and perform a change if the government does not perform these things they are going to shut down all the bank servers and the organization of the government and citizens are going to face huge losses so that is also an act of hacktivist when they have an agenda particularly that is a political agenda right most of the time that is called now let's talk about the state sponsored hacker guardian of peace this is the group of hacker right which is funded by north korean government okay and any country across the globe they whenever they raise their voice their concern towards north korea regime the way they are treating their people right they creating the nuclear weapons and all this kind of stuff right whenever any sort of a country uh, you know there is this particular concern in place so what's going to happen is that they definitely for sure there is one of the famous group they have in place which is called by the name of guardian of peace and that particular guardian of peace is going to go behind you they are going to track you down they are going to you know do a dos attack or a ddos attack all this kind of an attack they are going to perform over your particular network and you are you your organization whether it's public or corporate or a government organization you are going to face a lot of issues due to that if i just say in the us particularly most of the time the hacks the origin of the hack is being from particularly north korea right okay guardian of peace yep i'm correct guardian of peace right so they are state sponsored 
hackers right because see to be very frank with you in the hacking field if you want to hack into someone's else system is using a virus using a brute force attack right there's kind of an attack we have in place a brute force attack or anything like that it's pretty expensive you need some good computers with some good configuration in place attack is there which is called by the name of brute force attack so what generally happens in a brute force attack is that in a brute force attack you will you know what uh you will the computer try to guess the combination of the hack or the password okay and it could be good thing but if the thing is that your system should be so powerful to guess it out if let's say for example if you're using i9 12th generation okay and to be very frank with you within few days the computer would be able to guess the password or what would they will be able to able to crack the password okay but definitely for sure it would be a very expensive machine fine that is the thing so if there's there is a sophisticated attack happens in the world definitely for sure there is a possibility that that has been orchestrated funded by the state government definitely for sure the state government is never going to north korea dictator kim jong un is never going to accept that okay we perform an attack over the you know uh, that us government right all this kind of thing we compromise many people's systems we, we steal their identity we perform fraud then i'm never going to accept it right no government accept that fine if i just give you another example of it there's another thing another kind of a virus we have in place a kind of a uh, yeah exactly virus we have in place right which is called by the name of pegasus right okay pegasus it was created by a nsa group in israel fine now thing is that the nsa groups claims that that particular piece of a virus it is for the good it helps the government to spy upon the bad people fine okay perfect so but there is another different you know some disadvantage to it some opposition leader says that you know they have been targeted by this pegasus virus so that's kind of thing but remember this pegasus virus hacks into a system and you has absolutely no idea that it is in your system any call you make it listens to that any whatsapp messages you share it's look into it as well messages anything you use it so that's the thing so definitely for sure if that kind of things you have in place that kind of sophisticated tool the pegasus virus was you need a good funding for that okay from the government okay that's the thing so that all those hackers which are funded by the government or right that is called the state sponsored hackers fine but the best example i have given you is the guardian of peace they belongs to north korea they perform the attacks north korean government funds them spends millions of dollars into upgrading their you know system right uh, machinery and all this kind of thing teaching upskilling their particular you know people in this right now comes the script kiddies script kiddy is kind of a particular person who is absolutely new to the field of hacking right okay yeah so what is a script kiddies see in script kiddies script kiddies are those individuals in place which have absolutely no idea what actually is hack what is a vulnerability what is cve what is cvss 
these terminologies, these ex- he they have absolutely no idea. That's why I have just put a picture of a a boy, a kid, right, who would be hardly you know ten years old, and he is sitting over a laptop, and he's absolutely no idea what's going happening. Like way back, I remember that when I was like in college, and we were having this fancy, you know. Yeah, Gautam, you can say that. Absolutely correct. Okay. Uh, like we were having this kind of delusion that I, if I would, or any of my friend would challenge me that Amit, you know, till uh, tomorrow I will be hacking a Facebook account. I would say that I, okay, okay, boss, go ahead. Right. And then what he will be doing is that the best practice, he has absolutely no idea about the computers. He do not understand what, how the RAM works, how the HTTP, what the HTTP protocols are, what are the ports of the protocols. He has absolutely no idea about it. But what he does is that he goes to the YouTube or to the Google and just type how to hack the Facebook. And there were some steps and he will try to follow them. Okay, a random guess. He's, so that's what he is trying to do. That's called the script kiddies. Script kiddies are the kids. The skiddy means the kids. And they use the predefined tool or the script, right, which are lying over the internet. They just copy, cut, copy, paste. And they try to hack into someone's systems. Okay, they, they try their luck. That's called the script kiddies. They have absolute, even if, let's say, for example, if they somehow hack into someone's systems, they have absolutely no idea how, how was that even possible. They just copied and pasted. That's it. Okay. Fine. That's what we have at base. Now let's talk about another kind of a hacker we have in place, which is called by the name of malicious hacker, or I would say malicious insider. Malicious insider, okay, is that particular person who is in working inside your organization but has some malicious insight, right? Okay, that's called the malicious insider. Insider means a particular employee working in, yeah, absolutely inside the thread, right? Okay, so malicious insider is that kind of a threat you have in place who is working inside the organization not happy with the salary with the uh, you know the relation the relation between his teammates and his manager is not good he's disgruntled employee right he's not happy with the organization he wants to take a revenge he has been approached by the competitor of the organization that if you try to steal the information from our organization and then within a few days you switch back to our organization uh, we will be providing you a lot of money okay a good raise and all these things we will be doing it with, right so that's what a malicious insider does it is an employee working inside an organization stealing the critical information and then supplying back or supplying it to someone right or to the dark web publishing it to the dark web and there could be multiple reason why a particular normal genuine employee turned into a malicious insider fine there could be plenty of reason due to that they're like he's not happy with the organization um, like he's been you know blackmailed right okay plenty of things could be the reason behind it and okay so this is a reality right there are cases where have been that they uh, anyone could be converted into a malicious insider okay but the thing is that how to catch let's say for example if i'm a security guy and now our organization approaches me that Amit, what we should do that how we can catch a disgruntled employee or I would say a malicious insider. There are multiple things you can do, right? So like there's something which is called, you know, uh, 
rotation policy right a particular person is working inside a particular project right or a field let's say for example there is a java developer okay and he is working for 6 to 10 months inside the organization then after 6 to 10 months you can say that okay you know boss we have a job job rotation policy in organization now you take care of the servers okay so now he will be going from this particular he will be leaving all the projects of java and all these things and he will be sending it to the linux part right and he is looking after the servers so in the back end you can do the monitoring or you can do mandatory leave that is also thing we have in office fine in, in infosec also we have this thing of mandatory leave so what it happens is that once a month Uh, at some point in time, one of the employee would be sent for a leave for a two or three days, right? Constantly paid leaves. They are paid leave. Okay. Many times people see that that's you know it's a paid leave, but the reason behind those paid leaves for a duration of one week or two weeks is that in the back end auditing is done, right? Which like is there any kind of uh, contact he was making with the competitor uh, organization, comp right? All these kind of things, right? So auditing is done. so these things plenty of things like mandatory leave job rotation okay so now we are going to talk about risk assessment and effective management strategies that we have in place let's talk about them okay perfect so first is what is actually a risk that we have right risk is guys a very important thing a very very important thing right but before going to the response guys in the chat i'm sharing my linkedin profile where you can connect with me okay and share your views and i keep on posting up stuff in linkedin profile you can connect me there as well fine it's present in the chat okay so now let's come back to the topic what is a risk so risk is something you know the probability that something can go wrong that is what an actually a risk is the probability that something can go wrong fine so risk can be low it can be high it can medium right and definitely for sure we calculate the risk right in inside the organizations we have separate team for this thing right for managing the risk right that's kind of thing we have in place so we calculate the ring we have different kind of methodologies different kind of me- methods for calculating the risk and based upon those calculation those figures numbers we make our decision now let's talk about the type of risk that we have in place fine there are plenty of different kind of risk type of risk we will be facing it up right first one i would say there is something which is called by the name of external risk right any right the possibility the probability that something can go wrong that is called a risk right so let's talk about the different kind of risk that we have in place right and to be very frank this risk part is very important it right and every organization if it's a very good organization like the apple microsoft or some big organization they are very serious about their particular you know cyber security definitely for sure they will be having a risk team right and risk team handles this risk what are they they figure out what are the possibility that something can go wrong and then they will be building the architecture all around it right that's what we have in the risk part okay so now let's talk about type of risk right first one i would say the external type risk that has been provided from external entities okay and direct whenever some external entity 
you know kind of possess any kind of a risk to your organization or to your asset that's called the external risk we have in place and the internal risk is that let's say for example the best example of an internal risk would be a disgruntled employee right definitely for sure it can leave the information if there's an information that you have in place he can steal the information right he can encrypt the information like the like how the ransomware really works so like normally like a ransomware he will be encrypting a piece of an information that is also there right so it's called internal risk we have in place okay the internal fire that can happen inside the organization the short circuit that's come the internal risk now sir there are some other different kind of risk that also there present which is called the qualitative risk right the different kind of assessment i would say they are called the qualitative risk assessment right assessing the risk right and they're called the quantitative risk assessment qualitative risk assessment and qualitative risk assessment fine very very important thing we have in place okay something which is called now in assessing the risk we have in order to assess the risk we have two things which is called quantitative risk assessment and another one is called qualitative risk assessment fine okay so let's talk about them one by one in qualitative sorry in quantitative risk assessment what we do is that in quantitative risk assessment we talk about the numbers right okay it's much more focused about the numbers that we have in place let's say for example if it is give you a qualitative risk assessment example of it let's say for example currently you go and purchase a server right and the cost of a server is let's say for example 10 lakh rupees right and 10 lakh rupees you purchase a server which very basic configuration okay perfectly fine now what really happens is that there is a cyber attack happens and some of the hard disk or some of the component completely fails out completely fails out they do or they cannot be repaired okay they are damaged right beyond repair okay that's an extent of the damages so now what really happens is that the value of that particular server is just fallen from 10 lakh rupees to 6 to 5 to 4 lakh rupees it has degraded right okay those kind of things we have in place so if that's a scenario in my organization what i'm going to do is that i'm going to perform something which is called qualitative risk assessment i am going to analyze the risk right in accessing the risk what we do we analyze the risk so in quantitative risk assessment what we do is that it is performing risk analysis to impact to evaluate the likelihood and the impact okay so how we measure it out something which is called we have in place is called single loss expectancy quantitative risk assessment so in quantitative risk assessment what we do we fig we perform the risk analysis right the likelihood the impact that's it so what we do we have we have the asset value and the exposure of the asset fine that's we figure it out that let's say for example if there is a asset value let's say for how to figure out the quantitative risk assessment how to do that okay there is a correct formula for that for that what we need to we need to figure out the asset value what is the value of the asset okay let's say for example the value of the asset is 5 lakh rupees 5 lakh okay it is 5 lakh let's or let's say for example 5000 right 
Okay, so 5000 is that asset value and what I'm going to do is that I'm going to multiply with the exposure factor An exposure factor means is that how frequently it is going to come or the attack is going to happen. Let's say for example, I am in the part of the world where there is a high probability that once or every month there would be a ransomware attack right so my exposure factor would be 12 for a ransomware attack my asset my 5000 is so let's say for example my uh, my laptop let's say hypothetically okay the cost of my laptop is 5000 rupees right and there is a ransomware which or every new ransomware or their probability that there would be some sort of a ransomware attack would be every month so the i will multiply it by 12 okay that's what we have we achieve something which is called single loss expectancy right the amount that would be lost in a single occurrence that we achieve through it that's called sle single loss expectancy right it's a very interesting thing we have in place so in this what we'll be able to figure it out we figure it out the damage to the asset that can happen fine that's what we have in place that's called single loss expectancy and then is another one which is called annualized loss expectancy in that means in a complete over the year how many times uh, like what is the net value you are going to get you know uh, in the annualized loss expectancy what are the total value you're going to lose okay if the same attacks keep on happening or how much you are going to lose at the end that's called annualized loss expectancy okay single loss expectancy if i just break it down revise once again single loss expectancy means if the attack happens one single time how much your asset value is going to go down okay that's called single loss expectancy if let's say for example my cost of my server is 5000 rupees and the there is an attack happens right so how much when the on single ransomware attack how much of my asset value decrease that's called single loss expectancy that i'm expecting single that this is the expected loss right okay when there's a single attack annual loss expectancy means when this attack happens multiple times over a period of one year how much is going to degrade further that's called annualized loss expectancy okay that's what we have in place fine okay then we have another one which is called the qualitative risk assessment in qualitative risk assessment what we have in place is that in qualitative risk assessment we avoid the complexity of the quantitative risk approach and we focus on identifying significant risk factors right so we have a metrics for that in qualitative risk assessment we do not rely upon the numbers we rely upon the risk and the likelihood right and we have a metrics charge for that that's called the qualitative risk assessment fine okay perfect 